We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live doing Wednesday Night Live here on PT Pinecast. Hey, before we get started, I did want to say uh, uh, thank you to uh, some sponsors keeping the show on the air. CBDRX for you. That's your CBD store. There it is on the screen right down there. Uh, led by a physician. The, uh, the idea is it's being uh, used over the counter. CBD. I just saw it in the airport. I was traveling for a wedding a couple weeks ago, and I saw this little CBD stand. People are using it for sleep and wellness, uh, stress reduction. How's that going to affect their course of treatment? Well, find out the ABCs of CBD online at cbdrx4u.com. And I uh, want to thank one of our newest sponsors to the show, MW Therapy. Question is, has uh, EMR costs grown out of control? Those one-size-fits-all EMRs, they just waste your time. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a clinic owner, you can't waste time. Uh, time for something better. It's time for something customizable, and that's MW Therapy. Take a demo now at mwtherapy.com. I know it might be stressful if you're like, I got an I got an EMR. No way I'm no way I'm changing. They can show you how to do it nice and easy. That's mwtherapy.com. We're switching your EMR to something better is nice and simple. Uh, great episode today. This one was previously scheduled for a little while ago. We had some uh we had some weather difficulties. Who knew weather could affect podcasting? It does. Internet connectivity. Uh, so excited to talk about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and how that's being not just added on to your profession. It needs to be ingrained in, needs to be built, baked into the cake, as we say. So we're going to talk about who better than an expert in this, a leader in the field from the American Physical Therapy Association. Going to get started there. Uh, before we do begin, we do have some other news. I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. Uh, we're helping some more parts of the APTA with an event. Got the 2021 Northeast Physical Therapy Conference. This essentially is four APTA state chapters coming together, almost like Voltron. Uh, APTA Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. Uh, an online virtual conference, six tracks of information. There's going to be a track of information for the, uh, the conference for you on there. It's November 13th, all day. Yes, there are CEUs. You're going to get 365-day access to the videos and the, uh, the, the the handouts, everything. 365-day access with your ticket. I will tell you that um, prices are going to go up shortly. So if you want in on this, I would suggest to get in on that soon. That Northeast Physical Therapy Conference, again, November 13th. Uh, the link is going to be available for, uh, below, or you can find it online at ptpinecast.com. All right, without further ado, let's kick this thing off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PT Pinecast. It's just great physical therapy conversations on tap. That's what we like, we like to say we do here. Uh, you can find us on the socials at PT Pinecast, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If Facebook and Instagram are working, I'm not sure. Are they, are they working now? We'll check later. Not sure if those things are actually online. Uh, make sure you, uh, you subscribe to the show wherever podcasts are heard. Um, some iOS updates recently kick some people out from their subscriptions and i'm using air quotes because it is free to subscribe to the show so make sure you subscribe uh spotify on itunes podcasts on google wherever podcasts are heard and uh the website ptpinecast.com all right uh great episode today looking to be very very informative an expert in leading high performance teams developing strategy and articulating the mission and vision to achieve 
your organizational goals. Let's say she's got a passion for people. She's the APTA's Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and the Executive Director for the PT Fund. Ladies and gentlemen, Carmen Elliott is on the show. Carmen, welcome to the program. Great. Thank you, Jimmy. So glad to be here. Excited to have you here. Uh, we had simultaneous thunderstorms up and down the East Coast the last time we were scheduled to to, uh, to chat a few weeks ago, and uh, that knocked us off the air. But now we're back. Um, but thanks so much for the for the time. So talk a little bit about this. I mean, we got to start with some some news. Uh, you uh, you you know, back in April, APTA CEO Justin Moore announced that you were coming on to the APTA as the Vice President of Diver- uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. First off. Congrats on that uh, well-deserved appointment. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Let's let's follow that with noting that DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, is a strategic priority for the organization, for the American Physical Therapy Association. So let's start here. Um, talk about what it's like coming into a role. How do you begin something so large with our profession and something so important? You know, what's on the horizon for that position and for our profession? Oh, wow. Uh, great question. Yeah, I mean, just to give some background on this, um, back in 2016, when Justin assumed the role of Chief Executive Officer with ABTA, and Dr. Sharon Dunn was pretty early on in her term as the association president, uh, they whiteboarded out their bold moves for the next 100 years and leading up to the centennial, should I say. And one of those bold moves was to make ABTA an inclusive uh, organization. And it really reignited our passion with DE&I. So uh, before a lot of the events, um, tragic events that happened in 2020, uh, even before then, our leaders of the association were already talking about how do we reignite our passion for diversity, equity, inclusion. Uh, So with that, uh, we incorporated that um, metric into our strategic plan was to, again, be intentional about making APTA an inclusive organization. And then that led to our three-year strategic plan, which led up to our centennial. And then in April, part of the plan was to then um, identify uh, a executive level, senior level staffer who would uh, be part of the senior team and also be the subject matter expert in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I spent two years working in this space uh, for APTA, even though my primary role was with payment policy. That's what I did. I ensured that physical therapists were paid for what they do and reimbursed for what what they do, which is also another challenging role. Uh, But with that, I duly worked in uh, the DNI space and trying to ensure that we were meeting our goals and our priorities in this space. And then in April, um, the position was made um, permanent and to have someone to function at the strategic high level to uh, be intentional and to really carry out the, and implement the vision for our goals in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So to be clear, this has been something in the works for some time now. This isn't something that just that 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 came up. This is something that, you know, you mentioned the people. We'll, we'll talk about the, you know, the, the the people that a lot of people recognize, which is Justin Moore and Sharon Dunn, but there's a lot of other people at APTA who make sure these things happen. This was intentional um, from that whiteboarding vision in terms of the next hundred years of this profession. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, we we had um an office of minority affairs for a number of years within APTA. Uh, and definitely a lot of work has been done in the space uh, throughout the years. 
uh, but definitely what we wanted to do to just really bring it back to the forefront and have it, uh, to your point earlier, how we interwoven uh, this, how we embed this in everything that we not do. It's just not an office of minority affairs, but how do we ingrain DEI throughout everything that APTA does? And and you mentioned that right, and that's that's you can keep you can you can keep trying to make it a part of, but if it's not baked into the cake, which is the the line I think I use a lot, um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned um, it's got to be measurable. There's got to be key performance indicators. Otherwise, are we just talking about this? this is this something we kind of like to hopefully show up? No, you said this was a strategic goal. Well, if it's a goal, we're physical therapists. We know it's got to be measurable. Right, it's gonna be meaningful and measurable, and you made sure you had that. Also, people, you mentioned it was a it was a, a committee, right? That's what it was. It was a committee, an office. Sorry, an office. But okay. now there's a person in a leadership position whose responsibility is to make sure we've written these things down and we're carrying out. We are actually living up to our mission. That's great. That's that's if that's not a a, a, a way to begin, I'm not sure what is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I often like to say that I'm really the quarterback. Uh, and again, uh, you know, so many. Folks across the association are doing a lot in this space, both internal and external. Um, out there in the field, we hear so much from our members about uh, different initiatives and efforts that they're working on. And I'm, I'm really just a quarterback. I just really want to bring this all together and how we can work together, uh, partner together, collaborate together, because at the end of the day, I, I believe we all still want the same goal. And that's really to increase diversity within the profession. Um, that's really to ensure that we create a sense of belonging. Uh, and also, you know, how, how do we just, again, make uh, people feel safe and feel respected uh, where they are in their profession, in their career goals? Yeah, you use that uh, quarterback metaphor, so I'll bite. Um, you know, you, <laughs> what, what you really did was, right, there was an office of minority affairs. You changed how the offense was set up. You're like, hey, we used to run, uh, we used to run I formation. We're going to run West Coast now. You had to change the structure to get out of it what you wanted, right? So it being an office of minority affairs, well, that wasn't working. So we change it. We change the formation to make sure we get out what we need to, and that's where you get someone to the vice president level who's responsible and empowered, right? They've got the expertise, the tools to use, and the empowerment. They've got the responsibility of doing that that's the only time change can really happen is when you have those elements in line. Oh yeah, definitely. Change has to happen at the top. Uh, and, you know, when I think about, again, when our leaders of the association um, start thinking about this and, and really laying out the vision uh, for this, uh, my goal is to implement that vision. And right. uh, so it, it really starts at the top, especially something that is so important as diversity, equity, inclusion. You have to have buy-in at the top and then from there, I think everything everything else will fall into place. All right. So uh, you, you mentioned uh, quarterback and, and teams. You've got some experience uh, under your belt as leading high performance teams at this level. Um, right, I'm right in the middle of reading Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willenick. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL and talks about how, I mean, really the crux of the book. And he's got some great examples in high pressure pressure situations like being a Navy SEAL. But leadership, as you just mentioned, you've got to own it at the top. So I'm just curious about this. What's one or two things that you would recommend just from a team building, high performing team building structure that every team should have? What, what are some things that if they, if it isn't there, that team is not going to be successful? Yeah. I, one thing I will say, um, definitely having individuals who have um, expertise uh, in certain areas and you could, you all can compliment one 
one another with your expertise and um, have those complementary skills. But I think what really stands out for me and what's really important for me in high performance teams is the, the diversity of the team. There are so many articles and research literature out there that supports when you have diverse teams that uh, you are more successful as an organization. Uh, just one article I was reading today talked about uh, how they, uh, this one organization saw a 19% increase in their revenue dollars because of the innovation that their diverse teams brought forth to the table. So having those diverse perspectives is so important uh, because there may be a blind spot. I admit, I don't know everything. I don't see everything. I don't represent everyone. Uh, but it's so important to have those diverse perspectives at the table because the end product is what matters. And that end product is, the, is, is when you have everyone's lens on it. Um, and that's how you can see the increase in revenues. That's how you can see a better end product. That's how you can see better outcomes. Yeah, when you when you can see those blind spots. And, you know, you said two things there, really, which is the having the diverse team, but making sure those people are empowered, if those people feel like they're they're valued. And let's just be honest, like the, the, the original uh, diverse and empowered team, the A-team, one of the greatest 80s sitcoms <laughs> ever. You had four unique individuals who were very, very diverse in their skills. One of them, of course, being the famous Mr. T. Um, but then you've got, you know, you got Face Man, who was the guy who knew how to get you stuff. And you had Murdoch, who was the pilot. And then you've, you had Hannibal, who was the guy who was chomping on that cigar and always, you know, just loved it when a plan came together. Those four, those four guys highlighted in that 80s sitcom style um, the reason to have a diverse team and let let them do what they need to do. Let let Mr. T, let, let you know, B.A. Baracus do what B.A. Baracus things and let, let uh, Face Man do Face Man things. And when you get that, there's the results. That's the way you get yeah. those results. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So we, we were set to talk a few uh, a few uh, weeks back. I was going to ask you about things that were coming up at the APTA's House of Delegates. Well, now that we're talking afterwards, maybe this is even better because you were going to give us some preview and some things that maybe you were looking forward to or hoping that were going to happen. Uh, so talk a little bit about you know some things that came out of the uh, the House, which just wrapped up a few weeks back, that gives you hope that says, okay, now we've got a plan in place because now our delegates have all have all talked. So maybe just give people the 30,000 foot view of what you took away from this year's house. Oh, definitely. I, well, there was, there was so much, right. Um, but as far as um, some motions that came forth and passed through the house, uh, DEI related, should I say, um, one is we now included the word inclusion within our core values, which is so important. Uh, again, it's, it's having that sense of belonging. So how do you create that community or that atmosphere so that others can feel like they are included. So now we have inclusion within our core values. Uh, another piece is that uh, we voted on site selection. So moving forward, um, I did mention to you earlier, Jimmy, but we have a, a 14 member DNI committee. That was another uh, intentional effort that came from um, our priorities and our goals is to convene a DNI committee. And this is a standing uh, board appointed committee uh, from the APTA Board of Directors that comprises of 14 uh, well-intentioned, very passionate individuals, uh, very diverse across the uh, diversity spectrum, uh, which provides recommendations and advice and counsel to the APTA Board of Directors. Uh, their role, part of their role moving forward will be to help with site selection um, in, in how we ensure that we go to locations where our members do feel that they belong, there's a sense of safety 
um, in a place where we can go and still provide that uh, uh, top-notch programming that we're uh, known for, especially at the combined sections meeting. And then in addition, um, what was also passed was the anti-racism uh, motion. And that's uh, seeing that APTA will be an anti-racist organization. Um, and that, that really meant a lot, just sitting there, being a woman of color and seeing um, the profession come together um, in voting for that motion, uh, it, meant, it meant a lot to me. Um, as staff, I provide support um, to the APD, APTA board of directors. I provide support to our members. Um, but being a staffer and a woman of color, that really meant a lot seeing that motion pass so overwhelmingly within the house. Um, so as far as moving forward, uh, next steps, uh, we will solicit again the council and advisement of our DNI committee uh, to uh, really uh, lay this out for us. What would this look like um, in providing resources um, in assessments and whatever we need to do to, uh, again, identify APTA as an anti-racist organization. That was my first house in person. I'd seen some stuff online over the last couple of years. Um, I felt like, you know, not to, you know, steal a quote from Hamilton, but being in the room where it was happening was, <laughs> was pretty, you know, hearing people speak so passionately and, yeah. <laughs> and sort of, you know, all, also the pomp and circumstance. And I make fun of Kyle Covington and, and, and Bill McGee because like, you know, all how that works is, 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 is former, but I get it to control that many people you need to have Robert's rules, but it was, um, it was pretty inspirational listening to people, uh, uh, speak so formally yet so passionately at the same time to make sure this happened. Oh yeah, definitely. I, you know, we, we had people who spoke off the floor. I mean, who are not members of the house, so to speak, they're not delegates, um, and hearing their lived experiences, uh, makes a difference. And while everyone in the room may not uh, understand um, from that place of understanding because they haven't experienced it, right. but just being able to share those stories. And I think that's what's so good about it is that that's how we learn from each other by sharing the stories, uh, by empathy. Uh, and uh, we, we may not experience it ourselves. I have, you know, being a woman of color, I have not experienced everything uh, that I heard other women of color experience. But when we, that's how we learn from each other. And when we're very intentional about how we move forward, um, let's have that conversation. And then let's identify solutions and actions on how we could make this an, an inclusive community. And you bring up a word that uh, one of my friends who's a, a professor of psychology at Thomas Jefferson made sure that, um, and I made sure that I understood those two different, right? Like I can't have sympathy, but I can have empathy. So the, the reason, and people say, what do you mean you don't have sympathy? If I didn't live it, I can't say I know what you're going through or I, right. I, I've experienced this as well. But there's no reason you can't have empathy when someone shares a story that, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you belong in this profession at all if you can't find a sense of empathy in that situation, in any situation. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, and again, it's about being empathetic and being curious. Um, you know, have that curiosity first before you move to judgment. That's really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, that goes to like things that are near and dear to my heart, which is like, which is having a conversation to understand and not just be heard. So it's more like approaching things. Adam Grant, who's like a, a social scientist at Penn, he talks about all the time. There's preaching, politicking, um, and uh, pre and persuading. So prosecuting, and he's like those three. Typically, you're trying to force your view on someone else or try to change their view. 
He says the way to do it is something that's probably close to the PT profession, which is approach it like a scientist. Your beliefs are a are a hypothesis that you're you're seeking to prove or disprove at any given moment. So don't dig your he heels in. Seek to understand, and that's just like a good approach that I that I you know kind of keep to heart after I read that from Grant, which was approach things more like a scientist, even if it's not a scientific discussion that you're having. But what am I learning from this conversation? And we said before, you can learn you can learn something from any conversation, and if you don't, you're probably not listening well enough to learn something. So are you preaching, politicking, or persuading? Um, maybe you should be more more like a scientist. Um, Carmen, in your intro, I mentioned the uh, the PT Fund. You're the executive director of the PT Fund. We've talked about it before on the show, but I want to make people make sure people know what is it, why should they interact, why should they pay more attention to it, and then how can they affect uh, the PT Fund? Yeah. Um, so the PT Fund, the Physical Therapy Fund, uh, the sole purpose of the Physical Therapy Fund is to facilitate solicitations of donations. Um, toward the Minority Scholarship Fund and the Dimensions of Diversity Fund. So the big umbrella is can be confusing sometimes, but the big umbrella is the Physical Therapy Fund. And then underneath that big umbrella is the Minority Scholarship Fund and the, the Dimensions of Diversity Fund. So those two funds are set up where the Minority Scholarship Fund provides uh, awards or scholarship awards to physical therapists, physical therapist assistants, students, uh, and faculty. Of, of race, ethnicity, diversity. And then the Dimensions of Diversity Fund, a newly crowned fund, should I say, uh, starting in 2020, it goes toward any other efforts related to DEI. Uh, so this year uh, was the first year that we actually identified a governance structure for the PT fund. Before then, it was mostly handled by a segment of our board of directors. Uh, but with that said, this year we now have a a PT fund board of trustees who are dedicated to um, fundraising and um, how we disperse these funds and ensure that we get these funds out there into the field and where they need to go. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. I mean, everything is just kind of, you know, just taken off um, brand new and uh, a lot of work to do, but uh, we are so excited about where we're heading with these funds. So with that said, uh, the goal is when we started a new campaign in 2020, leading up to the centennial, uh, we identified a campaign, our future for, uh, future for Generations campaign. And that included the new fund, Dimensions of Diversity Fund. And our goal was to double that fund, um, the physical therapy fund. We started off at $1.3 million in early 2020. Uh, the campaign will end at the end of December, December 31st of this year, 2021. But the goal was to double that. And we are already at 2.5 million. So wow. the goal is 2.6 million. So we're pretty close. And what's exciting about that, Jimmy, is that when you have more money, of course, you're able to give more scholarships and larger scholarships. So we're pretty excited about that. Wow. How does that feel to set a, a, a pretty lofty goal like that and hit it? <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I can't tell you. It's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my feeling is we're still not there yet. We still need to get there. Right. But um, at the same time, we still had three months to go. Uh, a lot of activities that happened this year, um, the Centennial Gala, uh, uh, numerous events we had from the Centennial, the net proceeds would go toward the uh, physical therapy fund. So we, we're pretty excited about that. There's still a few more events to go. So I'm really I feel really optimistic that we're yeah. going to meet that goal. Uh, but it, it's, it's just really exciting Was just, that just to see that re reigniting of yeah. the, you know, passion to give. 
Was the community wall part of that as well? It was. Yeah. Yeah. So people can donate um, $10, just $10, and your name will go onto the community wall. Uh, so our goal was to uh, reach 10,000 names. Um, we, we fell short of that goal, unfortunately. But if you have seen the community wall, it's a great sight to see. So yeah. literally, it's one whole wall of names, who people who have contributed toward the physical therapy fund. So yeah. again, a very exciting opportunity. I, uh, I donated because I knew I could get my name on there with a Sharpie, but I didn't want to be that guy. So I actually just <laughs> was like, listen, take 10 bucks and just put it on there the, the, the right way. And that is a wall in on the first floor. If you if you have the privilege uh, of already being there, if you're going to go in the future, the first floor of that brand new, um, just kind of breathtaking structure, which is the APTA's brand new Centennial uh, Center and the APT headquarters in, um, in Alexandria. Just really nice looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been here uh, when we opened in January, and it's just a fabulous building to be in. So uh, for our members and uh, any physical therapists, physical therapist assistant students, you want to come visit us, please do. Um, the Centennial Center um, is open for you to come visit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a wonderful place to be. And it was all built with a profession in mind. Yeah. And it reflects that. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that are kind of, uh, you know, Im embedded into that structure. But you could tell it, it was a lot of thought uh, put into that that building and, and building that community that is a profession. So with that radio segue, Jimmy, uh, what does an inclusive community look like? We're talking about wanting to build one. But if you were to break one down, if you were going to slice it open and take a look at what's what it's made of, what does a diverse uh, community look like? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. So thinking about a few things here, one is uh, an inclusive community would look like where it's welcoming to diverse groups of people. And uh, again, to my point earlier, is where people can feel respected. Um, they feel comfortable in being themselves and, and expressing all aspects of their identities. Uh, is a place uh, where each person shares a sense of belonging. And I think that's so important. Uh, Second, I would say in building an inclusive community, this is where cultural identity, it, it remains strong, but it's seen as an asset and not so much a threat. So, um, you know, as we see our community, our, uh, you know, environment, our nation become a lot more multicultural, a lot more diverse, uh, we should view this as an asset and not so much as a threat. Um, Third, I would say having a voice. It's so important in inclusive community to be able to have that voice, not only have that voice, but to ensure that you're heard. Uh, are your ideas, are your recommendations being considered? How is it contributing to the big picture, the overall uh, goals, the overall outcomes that you want to achieve? Uh, and last, I would say the use of inclusive language, which I think is so important. And I think everyone really thinks about this, but being able to use um, gender neutral or, or other inclusive language really makes a difference for a lot of people. Uh, and we really shouldn't go in with that assumption that we know who a person identify as. So again, just thinking about those few points about welcoming a diverse group. Uh, how do we make others feel respected and feel like they belong? Second is how do we look at cultural identity as an asset? Yeah. Uh, third, I will say, um, again, having that voice, but not only having that voice, but how is that voice being heard? And then fourth, I would say to just be sure we use inclusive language as much as possible. 
Going back to one of the comments that we're getting live here as we uh, as we broadcast, Daniel Draper saying, hey, great to hear discussions about inclusivity within the PTP physical therapy field. Great um, in terms of having the discussion. But Carmen, if someone like Daniel here is saying, great, he is he is excited. These conversations are are being had. What's something a PTs in the community can do themselves to directly pursue health equity and create this inclusive community. So it's great that there's Carmen. Carmen's in this great building in Alexandria, and you are working from the top. You're changing the profession. But what's some something people in the community can do themselves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, great question. So a couple of things here. Uh, one is uh, do the work. I mean, when I, when I say do the work, meaning to research uh, and really prepare, educate yourself. Uh, it's so important. I, you know, and I, I'll share this because I feel kind of badly about it, but I, I was going through a series of DNI courses again to professional development just to continue to grow. And there was one particular course I didn't do too well on. And I thought I really knew it really well. But uh, with that said, it's so important that you educate uh, yourself. So if there are opportunities to grow in professional development, but if courses, DNI courses are being made available, please do so. I know for APTA, we're going to roll out a DNI bundle series. Uh, really soon um, before the end of this year. So we're going to have professional development available for, for um, the PT profession. Not only that, there are other programs that are offered free uh, in which uh, folks can just go in and, and learn really the basics. Uh, what does unconscious bias mean? Uh, what does microaggressions, what are those? Uh, so just basic um, terminology, I think is really important. So just do the work, just do your research. Uh, is one way. Uh, second is um, uh, reach out to others. So extend that invitation to someone who doesn't look like you or someone who's not uh, necessarily part of your tribe or part of your community. Reach out to others and uh, just take the time to hear from them, hear, from, hear their perspective, um, hear what matters to them. And uh, last, I would say, try to collaborate with other diverse leaders. There are a lot of uh, diverse leaders in the field and I'm not specifically just talking about race, ethnicity, while that is probably um, a lot that we do talk about, but there's so many dimensions of diversity uh, that folks should consider. Um, are, there, are there people in the disability community that you could connect with? Or maybe um, those who are uh, in LGBTQ community, are those others that you can reach out to to learn more? Uh, yeah. and to invite them in and to invite them to the table and hear from them. So it's really about educating yourself and bringing awareness. Uh, but you really can't do that until you invite others in. Well, I love the fact that you say do the work and and seek out courses. And then also, oh, by the way, we're going to be rolling out courses for this, right? I mean, <laughs> if you say if you say to someone to do it, is this person, do they have the tools? Are they empowered? Do they have the time? Do they have the resources? And the answer here, which is, I don't think, you, I think more and more resources are coming around you were mentioning a course that you were taking you need to do the work if you expect it to come to you if you're saying well that would be really really nice if our profession changed you're in the profession you are the profession apta likes to say that a lot you are the apta you need to do the work but now hey these resources are coming online more and more locations but it is still on you to take that next step and i mean i never say we going wrong i'm, I'm jotting down notes never go wrong when you have the word people in there and including inviting others learning from others simply having a, a, a conversation with others to figure out what you know and what you don't know and what you can improve upon so uh, excited to hear about those resources we'll make sure we share those with everybody once we find out when those goes on, go online let's get a little more more narrow oh i'm sorry i didn't want to interrupt there yeah jimmy if i could just jump in there with one more thing too that i just thought of also on our uh, website. So uh, 
maybe about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, uh, APTA staff partnered with uh, two members who were very engaged in the DNI space, and they actually started DNI committees at the state and component level. Uh, so with that framework, we uh, actually work with them and develop a framework. So now we actually have a framework on our website where uh, those who are in leadership roles or those who are members of your state chapters or your sections, uh, we now have a framework in which you can actually start a DNI committee at the local level. Um, and it provides great information, a lot of tools, a lot of resources on those who just wanna start small uh, and it provides great information on how you could just start maybe just with that one person committee, as long as one person's willing to start, uh, but it provides great information on how to get, get that started. Was one of these from Maryland? Was that one of the components? Was that Mikey Cohen? No, no. Uh, I, I actually, I, I I'll call them out because they, they're just great um, members. Um, Jasmine Tools, uh, who is, uh, she started in Pennsylvania, I want to say. And then we have Adrian Miranda, who's in New York. Yeah. So what you're saying there is, listen, they, these, these individuals have done the work. They've figured out how to structure this. And if you'd like to benefit from their work, they're willing to share that work to make sure that you can, that they can pass the baton to you. But again, still work still needs to be done, but they're laying out that framework. How is this yeah. done? What have you, what have you learned and what have, uh, what can you gain from their experience? Yeah. 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 And, um, again, it's a resource on our webpage, uh, which anyone can access, uh, and they are also uh, great resources to reach out to as well. Um, you know, and, and Jimmy, something you just said too is, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of questions about, I know this is the right thing to do. I want to do something, but I'm not sure where to start. Right. Uh, and this resource provides that where to start uh, and other tools we have and resources we have on our website too. But uh, that's probably the biggest question I hear a lot is I want to do the right thing, but I'm not sure where to start. And I call it, yeah, I call it like the nodding test. Like they're nodding along with you and now they're like, okay, but they need that push. Like they're nodding at the edge of the diving board, but they, like, they need to know which way to, sometimes we need, we're, we're, you know, sometimes we're, we're, we're humans, we're, we're animals. We need to know which way to jump. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's, I think it's okay to start small and I, some people may have this big grandiose idea to just change uh, DNI uh, overnight, but it's, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. So it's okay oh. to start small. Yeah. All the, all the big things. Well, I'm, I don't want to use all or never, but like most of the big things, they started with a bunch of small things. Like oh, yeah. you got to get some W's under your belt. Right. And then that's what movements are built out of. Um, so talking about um, uh, uh, movements in terms of students, we've mentioned students, uh, a few times in uh, this episode. How, how do we recruit students early on to, to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion? What, what's your view on getting the students involved um, early? Because I got news for you, eventually those students are going to be our profession. So if we start there, we've got a good way for, to trickle that into the, our, to, to, to our everyday professional lives. Yeah, I mean, there's literature, right, that supports uh, if you get in front of students as early as elementary school, you can influence their career trajectory uh, so and influence their decisions on what, what they want to do uh, when they grow up, right? So there's a lot of literature that supports that. And, you know, I, there was a study I, I remember reading about it at Johns Hopkins. And if we were to use education as an example, very specific to the Black community, uh, in 2018, John Hopkins did a study about Black students who have one Black teacher more likely 
will go to college. And what they found in this study is that uh, a student that has just one black teacher by third grade, that student is 13% more likely to enroll in college. And those who had two black teachers uh, were 32% more likely oh. to go to college. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? That uh, when you have someone who looks like you, it, it will influence your decisions. And uh, with that said, we, we APTA uh, a little over a year ago initiated a program in which we call Physical Therapy Moves Me or PT Moves Me. And the whole goal was to really raise awareness of the professional physical therapy. Uh, second was to recruit the next generation of physical therapists and physical therapist assistants. And then third was to increase diversity within our applicant pool for those who ultimately come into the profession. So that, those were our three major goals. And we really wanted just to uh, really get this out to the community. It wasn't anything that we could do in a vacuum. It wasn't anything that APTA could do on its own. Um, so with that said, uh, we partnered, we, we have partnered with DPT and PTA programs to get the word out, uh, go to local events uh, within your community and reach out to these students and uh, get them interested in physical therapy. Uh, bring the awareness to them. Some of them have no idea that a physical therapist exists sure. unless they have an injury, right? So you hear sure. a lot of stories that that's how a lot of folks came into the field. Um, but uh, we reached out to the DPT, PTA schools. And I want to say we have probably over 140 schools now that are involved with the PT Moves Me uh, program. We now have rolled out this program to our chapters uh, our next move is to roll it out to our larger corporations, but we are really excited. Uh, we have about 24 chapters now who have signed on um, to this program. So basically what they do is identify an ambassador within their chapter to ambassadors and they go out and they uh, you know, reach out to the community and they also uh, extend the opportunity to their colleagues as well on how we can get um, the awareness in front of students, elementary age school students on up. Um, and just really having everyone aware. And not only that, but how do we connect with the parents, right? Because the parents help to influence that decision sure. too. I mean, that statistic, 32%, Carmen, that's, 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 that's a lot. Like 32%, yeah. that's a lot. And we're doing, a, we're doing a book club here with the podcast because we had a previous guest. And later on, I'll ask you about a book, a movie, or a podcast that you like. And a couple of <laughs> weeks ago, Mark uh, Rubenstein from uh, New Jersey had suggested the book Upstream. And you talk about, hey, why would why would a physical therapy profession start talking to elementary schoolers? Well, that's upstream thinking. If you can change something third up to thirty two percent, how do we do that? But make sure you're pulling the right levers, right? And and doing it downstream, you can do it, but that's more reactive and, and less proactive. Going upstream, going to elementary schools and identifying, hey, if we can if we can change this, then this happens years later. This is where we should be putting our efforts. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's probably not immediate impact that we're going to see, see, but it's just exciting to know that we're going to get there, right? But it's 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 that lever, right? If you know, if you got a if you got a if you got a lever long enough, you can move you can move the world. So there it is. Is your is your you know extending that moment arm to make sure that lever is nice and and nice and powerful. Yeah. So let's go to the yeah. other end. Let, let's go to the let's go to the more downstream effort because we don't want to forget about people who are in our profession now. But staying with students, what's something tactical a student or new grad can start with? in fostering diversity, equity, and inclusion around them, either in their cl clinic, 
in their community, something like that in their professional role? Yeah, I, I would say uh, definitely reach out to others, right? So uh, it, you made the analogy about levers. I mean, there, there are many levers that need to be pulled and, and work in concert with each other in order for us to really effectively build uh, where we want to be as far as DNI and really on that pathway towards uh, making an impact and making a change. Uh, so one thing I would say is uh, definitely how can you create a committee? Uh, I would offer that as uh, one way that you could do that. How Build that interest, right? So even if you're just that one person, that one voice, how do you build that interest um, and connect with others? Uh, another place I would say is seek support. So it, it's, it's very hard to do this alone. It, it really is. And uh, it's, it, it can be very challenging sometimes. So how do you partner with others? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe your, your pathway may be a little different, uh, but I, li I like to view it as when you have two railroad tracks going parallel to each other and they're separate, but when you look up out on the horizon, they eventually come together. It's because we may be on parallel tracks, but eventually our goal is the same. Um, so partnering with others, I, th I think is really key too. Yeah. And you mentioned that several times, which is the component, which is bringing others, bringing people who have different skill sets and backgrounds, making it truly diverse is an asset, right? It's not something which it's nice to have. It's something you probably, if you'd like to succeed and thrive, it's something you, you need to have. Yeah. yeah uh, Carmen, are you ready to do uh, three questions? Oh, okay. Sure. Let's do three questions. <laughs> All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. As a physical therapist, you got a unique set of skills and your in-depth medical knowledge, fine touch and confidence, pair all that together. You're in a huge opportunity to make an impact in your patients' recoveries and long-term care. Uh, move forward in your travel physical therapy career. Let your PT license or PTA license take you where you want to go. Start your journey at FusionMedStaff.com. That is FusionMedStaff.com. Leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. All right. So three questions here, uh, Carmen on the show. First question is a where question. I don't know that. I don't know this about you. I know that you're, you're, you know, work at APTA. So I know you must live somewhere in the, in the Northern Virginia area, but where is somewhere that you love to go? Uh, if you could just get away where, where is someone you couldn't, you can't wait to get away to and travel to. Yeah. So I must admit all my travel is domestic and I love hiking. Yeah. So my favorite place to go is Shenandoah, which is in Virginia. Yep. Uh, and I really enjoy the mountains there. So I enjoy doing a lot of the hiking trails. Well, so anywhere that has mountains, I love. Yeah. Well, mountains usually brings people and people need PTs. So the bottom line is where <laughs> there are people you can have a career. Again, uh, fusionmedstaff.com. Second question on three questions, Carmen, is a what question. What's something you've watched or read or listened to? A book, a movie, podcast, something that you think the audience would get value from. It doesn't have to be anything related to work, but it can be. Yeah. Okay. So I will say the latest book I am reading um, is called Business Made Simple by Don Miller. And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I learned a lot of nuggets from there. And I, probably one of the things that stick out with me is being relentlessly optimistic. So uh, I, I, even in the space, I am 
being relentlessly optimistic because I know, I know we're going to make an impact and I know we're going to get there. So Donald Miller is definitely someone I've uh, talked about on the show before. I have that book that you're talking about, Business Made Simple. I haven't read it yet, but I read his Building the Story Brand, which is like a prequel to it. Him and JJ Peterson, great podcast too, by the way, uh, if you want some resources. That's a good good pickup. No one has mentioned that one before. Uh, Last question on three questions is a who question. Who is someone you think the audience should know more about? Wow, uh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, so I, I wouldn't say uh, necessarily one person in general. Okay. I would say that uh, it, it goes back to my earlier points, how you can educate yourself uh, in this space. And so whether that's just looking for those opportunities, if someone's offering training, or if someone's willing to sit down and talk with you all, uh, with you, I, I think that's really important. Uh, even in my walk, I talk to so many members who are very passionate and just hearing all the different stories. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say there's one person. I would say just go and learn from others. Yeah. So your who is people you maybe haven't met yet or haven't connected yeah. with. Enough, right? Find out the yeah. who are the people in your neighborhood. Right. Right. I love it. That's well, well done. All right. Uh, last thing we do on the show, it's called The Parting Shot. All right, Parting Shot brought to you by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They just a few weeks ago released a brand new resource, the fifth edition of Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Uh, This is the guide. This is the roadmap to take you from wherever you are in your clinical practice. Maybe you're brand new out of school. Maybe you've been in practice for 15 years. It's just, it's called Current Concepts, so it must be current. Uh, Just check out the reading list alone and what made it. With uh, from the leaders in uh, orthopedic physical therapy. Again, that website, orthopt.org. That is orthopt.org. All right, Carmen, your parting shot, you're just like, like your chance for like a, a, a mic drop moment or a sentiment, just some idea. What what do you want to leave the audience with if you had one chance to leave you leave them with your parting shot? Okay, great. Uh, well, the first thing I will say to my point earlier about choose curiosity over judgment. Uh, just listen for your own cultural assumptions. Uh, this is a continuous level of learning that we are currently uh, experiencing right now. So again, check yourself first, uh, but also seek curiosity over judgment uh, and be very intentional in your actions. Second, uh, I would say for those students who are looking for pathways to leadership, especially in the DNI realm, uh, seek mentors, but not only a mentor, I would say seek a sponsor. So in short, me- mentors advise you, but sponsors, they advocate for you. That's that person who would speak on your behalf when you're not in the room. Ooh. So seek a sponsor as well as a mentor. Wow. And then lastly, I would say, uh, we often hear how DNI is a marathon, it's not a sprint. I, I firmly believe that, but I will also add that it's a journey uh, because while a marathon is grueling, you hit rough terrain, but it ends. A journey is, is ever evolving. You're learning as you go along. You move from one place to another. So again, I really view DEI as a journey, and we learn from each other as we take this journey together. Carmen, 
coming in with multiple shots there. That's perfect. Well done. That's great. That's going to make some really good social media copy. I'll tell you that much. Uh, thanks, to, thanks to our friends from Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs uh, looking to learn, uh, bring uh, personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training into your clinical practice and do it properly. Find out more about BFR online at owensrecoveryscience.com and their new podcast, the Owens Recovery Science Podcast, as we got the graphic on the screen there. Uh, Carmen, thanks for being in your position. Thanks for doing all the work that you did Years ago, you went and did the work, as we talked about in this episode, and now you're in a great position to to lead and be a sponsor of many of us in this profession to make sure that we're doing what needs to get done to continue in this journey, not a marathon, right? It's a journey to change our profession for the better. So thanks so much for uh, for coming to the show tonight. We like to say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks to coming to ours. Have a good night. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.